1: Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google
0: Play. Powered by Bluebet.
1: Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
0: From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
2: in New Zealand, good morning to you uh, on this Tuesday uh, after uh, a weekend of uh, all-black carnage. So uh, we'll, uh, I'm going to invite you to uh, continue to call in. I know yesterday was hot, yesterday with the phones and the texts on double eight double three phone number 0800 150811. Uh, now you're over the anger side of it, what do we do? Some um, suggestions uh, I'd love to have between uh, 9 and 9.30 this morning. Um, there's uh, that to talk about. Uh, what about old Colin de Grandol, my old Dutchie? just uh, heading off in a different direction by himself without NZ New Zealand cricket permission and landing himself a gig in the Big Bash. That's interesting. Um, And the US Open, of course, tennis fans, uh, who are your favourites to win? Serena Williams in action today. Uh, What are you feeling about Serena Williams on the eve? This could be the day of her retirement. If she gets knocked over today, that could be it. Uh, Game, set and match, Serena as such. So uh, plenty for you uh, to call in about there, but in particular the rugby, Um, time for change. Who would you bring in? uh motutoni motutoni is uh, the uh, new zealand rugby league general manager of football and high performance uh, a very exciting tournament starting today in Rotorua, the new zealand rugby league secondary school competition it's been revamped after a, a couple of uh, a couple of years in exile and now it's back uh, calls and text uh, after that and then we will uh, have a multi before 10 o'clock had a panel this morning uh, at around about 10:20. Uh, so we've got two lots of talk back time. Yeah, I hope the phone lines are busy. Uh, Hamish Bidwell and uh, John Day coming into us on the panel this morning. Uh, then at uh, around about uh, 11 o'clock, we'll be talking to Jeremy Wilson, and uh, that would be uh, of uh, immense interest because to older cricketers like myself, there is a an inaugural over 60s Cricket World Cup to be held on the Sunshine Coast. Running between uh, the 2nd and 15th of the month So we'll talk uh, about that as well with Jeremy Wilson Just how many people play cricket over the age of 60 I've got no idea and I've got no inclination to do so at that So that's uh, pretty much our show for this morning And uh, we'll get it off now with a sermon
3: Sport is our religion And here is Smithy's Sermon
2: Well it's been carnage over the last three days, your texts, your phone calls, your opinions have been rife and fair enough too, we should never want it to be any other way, New Zealand rugby should never want it to be any other way either because it would probably mean that you have stopped caring if it all dries up. Many in the know, many who have a right to care because they played in the jersey believe we have never been in a deeper hole in our playing history, results suggest that to be the case. The deepest of all holes would be the realisation that we do not have the player depth or talent to climb out of said hole. So do we? 12 minutes uh, of uh, passion and determination by 14 players in Johannesburg was a snippet of how it can be done. But that was out of desperation. So too will this week in Hamilton have to be. And the remainder of this calendar year and the next as well for that matter. The selectors have to find a formula, those in the melting pot have to find that desperation and resolve, otherwise we're all cooked. Because nobody will believe they can't overcome the huge legacy that is the all-black jersey. Nobody. Japan, Scotland, the lot. Logic says, performance says, there have to be player changes, pride has to be swallowed. Faith shouldn't be shown, history should be consigned to just that. Even an old dog hates the new puppy sleeping in his bed, so that's exactly why the broom has to come through in Hamilton. One to see if the newer lads and combos can provide the spark, the answer, and to see if the old and no, uh, no longer established ones can fight back. Even though a very short time ago they publicly stood in support of Fozzie, publicly backed him and his judgement, this week they should respect that when they are sitting on the dirt tracker bench after he and Joe Smith have wielded the axe it really is time to hand out some starting chances and hand out some licence. Surely we have never been more expectant and deserving of that.
3: Talk back Time with Smithy. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Call now for a chance to win today's 50 dollars Chemist Warehouse Voucher. 0800
2: 150 811. 908 here on SENZ and uh, it's 0800 150 811 is the number we will be handing out to a Chemist Warehouse Voucher. Uh, at the end of uh, these calls, and um, Joey from Auckland is first in line to win, said voucher. Joey, good morning to you.
4: Yeah, guys, really, look, we, we know that Foster's staying. He's not going, and neither is uh, the CEO whatever, you know. So we need to make changes. We, in my opinion, we chuck in two of us shit at second 5-8, and we see how he goes against uh, a, a tough Argentinian side. Uh, if you don't want to put him at second five eight, you put move Geordie Barrett up from fullback, and you play Will Jordan at fullback where I think he could be the most dangerous. You know, we we weren't that far away. Um, we panicked a bit. The problem, Smithy, really, I thought we panicked a bit when we got behind, and then we started you know m- knocking the ball on and, and and making mistakes. You know, all black sides before that when we had Richie McCaw, and Richie McCaw always used to say. Don't panic just go to the the, the the processes that we we've been you know we've been taught and and I think that's what they're not doing they're panicking when they get behind and, and thinking oh we've got to win this we had a had had a few chances to win that especially right towards the end and okay we we, we, we didn't win but we were not that far away and this is a chance where people are saying oh two of us a shek or whatever is in or out I shouldn't be there you put them in and go. There's your chance, son. You have a go, and the preparation has to be right by every player. When you prepare, you, as you know as a cricketer, when you prepare, you've got to prepare properly the whole team right throughout.
2: Look, Joey, for me, I, I, I totally agree, and I, I agree with uh, the, the fact of the matter that they just simply, they simply have to... Um, try things, they have to try something and they have to try it with the person, the personnel within the group now, they've carried these guys around you know, they've prepared them, they've put new people in like two of us, a sheikh have you said um, but now's the time to find out and okay, if, if we get beaten again, uh, experimenting uh, I, I find that acceptable, if we get beaten again without experimenting I find that unacceptable, Joey
4: I'm the same with you Smithy, you know, like, don't get me wrong Sam Kane at the moment, and he would know this himself, if you were playing in his position or you were him, you would know you are not the best number seven in New Zealand at the moment. Dalton Papali'i is there. You play him. You leave Artie Savia where he is because he's been playing number eight and been playing well. And you just say to Sam Kane, we've got to make changes because we need to. And this is how it is. You know, and, and he will accept that. I mean, he's, he's. I know he has to accept it. But
2: he will accept that too, and that's what you should do as a footballer. Totally, I absolutely um, totally agree. I, I really do. I mean, and, and as I said in the sermon, you, the way to find out if uh, your your experienced players, those guys that that you backed with the older legs to get through to the next World Cup, the way to find out if they're hungry or not is to sit them in the stands, not not to continue to play them and un, un, unsuccessfully, is to sit them in the grandstand and see how desperate are you to get your spot back. I mean, you know, have you have you got the desire to do that within you? If you haven't got that desire, if I leave you out, then I've got to leave you out permanently. Joe, I mean, that's just human nature. I, mean, I, I, I saw that in cricket a number of number of times where players were... Uh, I mean, I, I got dumped three or four times throughout my career, and at that point when you're dumped, having been an established player for a long period of time, when you are dumped... There's two ways you can go. You can go home, and, and when you when you're actually in a cricketing situation, um, you are actually uh, you do go home. You don't stay within the group and train with the group or whatever. You go home, and at that point you have to make up your mind right there and then whether you are determined, you've got the will within you to want that that, that wicket keeping spot back or that other spot back, um, or you, you do something else. You, you just go and do something but- else. So, you know, um, that to me is... That's the point they're at, to me, those older guys.
4: That's right, Trudy. You know, the the only thing I say, you know, why are they holding on to guys like... No disrespect, these guys have been fantastic. Dane Coles and that, um, who have been injured and coming back, and, and Cody Taylor's struggling. You turn around... The best thing you can have is competition. As you know, as a wicketkeeper, it doesn't matter as a rugby player as a, as a loose forward as a 5'8 the best thing you can have is tough competition to make you a better
2: player yeah. thanks mate well, I'll, I'll give you a I'll give you a for instance uh, I got left out um, of the New Zealand cricket side uh, to play the West Indies in a one day series and uh, Irv McSweeney who'd been sitting waiting for a long period of time good old Irv great, uh, a, a great wicketkeeper batsman and played so so damn well for a long period of time uh, he was waiting behind me. He got his chance against the West Indies. Now, I, I, I had to go home at that point, and uh, I was living in Auckland, and um, I'd, my, um, my mate said, look, we either sit home and watch on the couch or we go along and watch. What do you reckon? I said, well, I don't know if I can go and sit and watch. I, you know, And this is on the terraces. There's no corporate box or anything. He said, well, we can have a great day. Uh, we can do what you always wanted to do, and that's go to the cricket and have some beers um, and have some fun um and watch or or we can stay at home and you can mope and you can think i said well i I don't know what's better for me is it better to mope be jealous be angry um, or is it better to go and watch and have some fun well i actually went and had some fun um and you know it it taught me two things one uh, i sat amongst the crowd and i felt um what the passion was within the, the within the fans for the group uh for the players i felt that passion uh, being in the terraces And it created a desire to get back out there Because of the atmosphere I was part of So there's ways you can do it and ways you can't do it And uh, in the end I, I did get another chance And so be it um, But Joey uh, They've got to create a desire from those players And a desperation from those players And they create it By not playing them Not by just coasting along with them and not finding stuff out uh, Cliffy from Dunedin Good morning to you Cliff, how are you? Yeah,
5: good, Smitty yeah, um, this, all this talk of Papa Lee. The last time he played for the All Blacks, he didn't play well. He didn't have a very good game against Ireland. And um, you know, he's not going to save the side. It's, it's the big players that are going to step up again. you know, the white locks. Uh, if, if they play White Lock, they're talking of Brady Ritalik. Well, Brady Ritalik's been off the pace ever since he came back from Japan. He hasn't been playing well either. Now he's come back from an injury. So he's got, to, he's got to stand up and be the man he used to be. Because at the moment, we a few years ago, we had the number one lock in the world. We, he was a player of the year. We had the number seven, number seven in the world. We had lots of players who were the best in their position. If you if you went through the All Blacks now and you tried to rate that if we were the best in our positions in the world, there wouldn't be many at all. You know, Hardy Sevilla is a, a great player, but he's not the best number eight in the world because he hasn't got all the options that the number eight have. And they keep talking about that, you know, line out, taking the ball up, because he isn't really doing that that much. He's a, he's a great offensive player. He makes lots of tackles. He gets over the ball well. And he's a reasonably good link player. But he's better as a seven than an eight. They've got to find a proper eight. Hoskins has been sitting out in the wilderness just like two of us Shek. I don't know why they talk about two of us. He hasn't played any real games of, of hard rugby yet. Played in, played in a Blues team that was throwing it all over the place, and he, and he stood out a bit there. Uh, look, to me, the, to me, the team has just got to knuckle down. They've got Sam Kane is not he's not the best seven in the team, so he shouldn't be in the side. The captain should be the first pick. He's always picked as being the best player. Guys like Graham Murray. And, and everyone else that followed him. Ian Kirk, Kirkpatrick Kirk got dumped as the all-black co- all captain, but he still got back in the side. But he he wasn't playing well enough. It, remember they lost to the a president's uh, side. Colin Meads was coaching, uh, was in that team, and they come out and beat the all-black team. And then Kirkie got dumped from being the captain, and they gave it Andy Leslie. And Andy Leslie was a good, hard, very factual captain. He went to South Africa, and he had the biggest battle in the world over there because everything was against him. And they were unlucky not to win a, a test or a more tests than they did. But to me, you know, if we're going to stick with what this, this New Zealand rugby is, is feeding us at the moment from the top down, uh, we've we got to hope that our side is going to go out there and do it again. You know, South Africa gained the second test, like you said, South Africa doesn't pick their side on their best players. They have 14 or 15 of their team play over in Europe, and most of them will be the white fellas. I'm not singling them out. It's not a racial thing, but to me, they're getting picked as a racial team. You know, they're picking most sides. That, that hooker that came into that side, he was rubbish, but he was picked to p- replace a guy who was injured. They could, wouldn't play the guy the best position, the best player, didn't end up playing. You know, until we came on. By that stage, they were useless. The whole—if you were a good player on that side and you saw how the other guys are picked, you would give up. And that's what happens in South African rugby: is guys end up going overseas and playing in France instead of playing for the South African team.
2: Look, I, I totally agree, uh, Cliffy with uh, your sentiments, um, and I appreciate—I I appreciate I the appreciate call, mate. Thank you very much, and. It's just uh, it's quite uh, depressing. I, I find it quite depressing uh, myself because I, I've ne- obviously never an All Black. Obviously, never you know played rugby for New Zealand. But um, I'm mixed with people that do, and uh, and I, I get the feel after the game there that uh, there's a desperation amount amongst some of those former All Blacks. Uh, well, one or two of who have played over uh, eighty, or hundred games for the All Blacks is desperation about it because um, the, the pride they had. In filling that jersey, they can see um, perhaps that uh, that isn't present with the current lot. And I would hate that to be a fact. I would hate that to be a fact. Hey, Finn from uh, Whakatani. Finn, good morning to you. Yeah, good
6: morning, Smithy. Hey, look, um, a couple of things. The test win against South Africa a couple of weeks ago, I said it to a few mates and all that. That was just a win out of absolute desperation, backs against the wall. Nothing... Nothing has changed. That was a that was a do or die match that they had to get up for. So we're back to the same old, same old. And some things have got to change. Uh, we haven't got a a number twelve that penetrates. Um, our centres are rubbish. I'd I'd really mix things up and I'd have Geordie Barrett going to second five. The penetration, a big a big body hitting the ball up. Ben Smith said the other day on the ex All Black, the great All Black number fifteen. He was asked, "Who's the best best position for Will Jordan?" He's saying Will Jordan is a out and out fullback. He's not a winger. Will Jordan needs to be involved more. To get him involved more, he needs to be at fullback. Um, people are saying our forwards are doing the damage. Well, they're not doing the they're not doing the damage because. Our back line's not functioning. Our forwards have got to absolutely dominate the opposition. To dominate the opposition, we've got to be pushing them back time and time again to open up the space for our backs. So, to me, nothing is working. Nothing has changed.
2: Look, nothing's working, all right. Nothing's working. Um, The... The interesting thing for me about these uh, these tight uh, this position we find ourselves behind uh, continually, particularly going into the last ten to fifteen minutes of the game, n- and the last uh, two occasions that uh, uh, we've been under pressure, there we've taken our captain off, uh, and on both occasions I think he was damn surprised to see that he was the player who was coming off. So uh, that that to me is uh, you know. If, should he be the should he be the starting captain? I, I, I really don't think so. I, I really don't. If, he, if he's not the guy to win you the game with his strategies, his on-field drive, etc., in the last 15 minutes when you really need it, why is he starting as captain? Because the desperation should be there from the first whistle. The tactics on the field, the um, you know, uh, you know, that kind of leadership should start from the very first whistle when he leads them out of the dressing room. Um, And, you know, at the moment, I I just don't feel that's right. Now, I've sort of sat back there for a while on Sam Kane. but now, having seen it and having watched how they feel about it from their position in the coach's box, when they take him off, when they honestly take him off and say, look, you cannot be on the field of play now, that's what they're effectively saying. As we go into this crucial must-win period of the game where we have to to do things exactly right, uh, I'm sorry, Skip, um, you're not the man to be out there. Uh, so, doesn't that tell you? Does that not tell you something um, about where we're at with Sam Kane and, and if it happens once, fine. Two to three times now. Two to three times. Uh, hey, Joe from Gizzy, Good morning to you.
7: Good morning, Smitty. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of uh, a lot of truth being spoken this morning. But mate, the one thing I want to talk about is the embarrassment of the All Blacks blooding a twenty-five-year-old first capped All Black with 42 seconds to go, deep, uh, you know, on the attack. But, you know, where where we had lost four lineups in a row, he came on, you look at him, he didn't know where he was going, the game was over, literally, there was one play and the ball was kicked dead, and he watched the Argentinians celebrate and create history in New Zealand, and that was your first cap. Smithy. imagine... That that for 25 years, you dreamed of being an All Black, and that is how your amazing debut came. They should have said, stay on the bench, we'll give you a shot in Hamilton. But we're not going to embarrass you by putting you onto onto a losing park and give you your first cap. Because in history, he'll go down as All Black, whatever number he is, first cap, and it won't say 42 seconds it was a first cap, lost against Argentina in Christchurch.
2: Look, and Joe, I'm I'm with you. Uh, before you want to, um, I'll give you another chance in a second. But I, I saw that unfold. I was 15, 10, 15 yards away from Stephen Petterfeder, and I had a great view of that um, of the bench. It's a it's a covered over area, um, and you can see right through it. And th- you know, he gets up and he warms up like everyone else. Um, they go and do their group things uh, two or three times every 40 minutes so they're, they're ready to go. Then they go and sit down again. They get up, they go, and this, this this kid, this poor kid, got up and go, got up and go, got up and go. He knew at some point that he would be called upon, but he must have been thinking, uh, no, they're not, they're not. Um, and that's fair enough too, I'm not an experienced all black. I'm not even an all black. Um, maybe they, it's it's the tried and true they've got it to try and get out of the situation. And I could not understand, Joe. I could not understand when he stood up with about, um, took his top off with about a minute to go, and, and you just saw him go on. I, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I, I, couldn't, I could not get my head around why they would do that in that situation, Joe. It was weird. It was weird.
7: It was beyond weird, Smitty. You were looking at just like, right, let's flood the bench. Why, in the 44th minute, Four minutes into the second half, do we drag Tokiago? You know, and then it was like, right, yo, it's like, listen, we needed him. Let's change our game plan from having pre-predicted time slots for dragging our players. And then the great Cody Taylor came on on his home patch, and you're thinking, first first uh, test in six years on my home patch, I'm gonna dominate. I'm gonna show you Tokiago why I should be the number one and get my jersey back had an absolute mere, froze, missed four throws, seven metres from the line. We needed someone to hit someone, right, and a driving more for us to, 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 to get the draw. He absolutely choked. And it's like we, we, we've got into a mode now, like every other team has got into a mode now, where they have set times to drag players, bring other players on. It's not a game plan. It's pre-predicted. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I, I, I really, I listen to the South Africans when they say, empty the tank, go a hundred, right? And when your tank's empty, put your hand up like an honest man and come off. Well, Tokiah's okay. tank's not empty, you know? When we're looking at Ethan DeGroote, he was blowing a bit, but his tank wasn't empty. We're not doing that. We are just making changes for the sake of making changes when things are, oh, that's not going right, right, let's chuck on Christy at, at half and see if he can make a change because we're going backwards. But, but sometimes we need to leave a 109 cap All Black on. We need to leave a 85 cap All Black on because they need direct because we've got young bucks coming off the bench who, yes, need experience. But in some games, you can have five guys sit on the bench and still win, Right. But we need to stop just having these pre-predicted because everybody's doing it, and you're talking about them dragging Kane. They drag Khaleesi right? Hooper gets dragged for for Australia. So mm-hmm. you're finding so many skippers getting dragged off the paddock, you know, and 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 in international rugby at the moment, right? But it never happened when the great All Black teams. You would never drag Richie. You'd no, never, drag never drag Sean actually. Fitzpatrick.
2: No, you're right, you're absolutely right Joe Thank you so much for your time uh, We've run out of time actually the, Those calls had so much substance this morning This, this morning, We thank you for that uh, We'll get at that Chemist Warehouse Voucher decision Out shortly, 9.28 here on SENZ From today through to Saturday, Rotorua's Pukita Fedo Park will hold uh, play host to the return of New Zealand Rugby League secondary school competition after a three-year hiatus. Back in 2018, Kelston boys won the Premiership final 16-14 over St Paul's and Howard College won the development final 16-10 over Onihanga High. Now there's uh, an explosion of new schools competing for the first time plus a girls' championship and under 15 boys' competition has also been introduced. Sounds like exciting times for rugby league at school level and joining us now is uh, New Zealand Rugby League's General Manager of Football and High Performance Kiwi's great Motutoni. Honour to have you on the show, uh what, an, uh what a uh, really... Um, Perfect time to be having this tournament back after a couple of years, uh, with the the growth and development of rugby league so paramount in this country.
8: Yeah, th- firstly, thank you for having me, and definitely it's um, it's something that our our rangatahi, um, you know, boys and girls have been waiting for for a long time. So it's just a great opportunity for them to be able to participate in this week's tournament.
2: Okay, uh, Motu, let's, let's uh, look at the tournament compared to what it was last year. More competing teams, so um, h- how's it going to work this time around?
8: Well, we've split it into, it's uh, still at pool play, and we brought it down to Trotaroa uh, to try and give the teams from around uh, New Zealand a chance to you know, attend our, our National Secondary Schools Championship, so we're we're delighted that we've got teams from uh, from Christchurch, St Thomas, we've got St Bernard from, from Wellington, and then a mix of schools from, you know, the usual schools from Auckland that participate, so we're, we're quite happy. But the other thing that gives us, you know, uh, great optimism is the attendance of our, our female schools, and that's an area that we're going to look to grow, and uh, it's something that's going to take off because there's so many opportunities in our uh, female space at the moment we've got, also got national youth tournaments which follow in October for our, our young women at under 16s and under 18s age groups so it's uh, a lot of rugby league opportunities for both our young men and women uh, throughout this year
2: There are two composite teams competing as well uh, Taikura and uh, Teoraka uh Kairangi, uh, tell us a wee bit more about uh, that concept and what New Zealand Rugby League is hoping to achieve there
3: yeah, we just felt
8: that uh, you know some schools around um, you know, around the Motu they, they they wanted to attend the tournament but couldn't actually uh, have you know full school teams themselves. So we thought that rather than taking opportunity away from these schools, we can actually bring them together. And have them play together and also just the cultural experience that these schools brings but they get a chance to attend our national secondary schools championships and who knows in the in the coming years they could attend you know themselves as their own school so that was the thought process behind getting these composite schools to attend our secondary schools championship this year
2: mototanu um, also of course you've got uh, schools like Tauranga boys college uh, competing uh, a number of schools where rugby has traditionally been, rugby union I say has been traditionally their number one option, that also uh, seems to be quite exciting
8: Yeah, very exciting, uh, you know, I mentioned St Thomas earlier, we've got Rotoroa Boys High who will be playing uh, at 11.45 against Salle. so, you know, even, um, you know Mags, strong rugby school in Auckland as well as um, St Paul's who won the 1B championship in Auckland this year. So we've got a lot of schools that have a strong presence of Uh, rugby players but there's also a lot of leagueies that are mixed in and it's just great to have some of those schools like St Thomas and also Rotorua Boys High playing in their what you'd say is their tournament because we're in their backyard so it's exciting for our competition but also for for these young men and young women that they get to play teams from outside of Auckland or outside of around New Zealand uh, at this event.
2: In terms of the coaching of these sides, and now have these being done by uh, school staff or, or outside influence uh, in general?
8: It's a, it's a mixture of both. Um, you know, St. Paul's, who have been long dominant, uh, you know, they've got a, a a group of teachers and old boys, and you'll find that that'll be consistent uh, around the schools that uh, you've got uh, teachers mixed in with either old boys or old girls and parents. You know, so that's. That's a positive for us. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, players who've um, who've played at a high level, or uh, both in the community game, but also in NRL. De La Salle have uh, George Carmont, uh, who played for Samoa, NRL and Super League. There's also Lisa Amau. And then there's guys that played at a high level in the community, like Junior Few, uh, Francis Ledger, who are also helping out St. Paul. So it's a combination of, um, you know, parents, old boys and old girls, and also people that have played it at a high level, whether it's in the community or the professional game.
2: Also, uh, Mototone, there is uh, an under-15 boys invitational for the first time that kicks off uh, later in the week on Friday. Uh, what about the quality of football from that age group and the participation level?
8: yeah it's it's great to see that um you know it's just the, the local schools have been given an opportunity to play in the under 15s invitational and it's just another segue into uh we had our, our national nines run for the first time at the beginning of this year which was great because we had a, a lot of attendance from around the country even the south island with Otago uh Southland so there were some some teams that participated that wouldn't normally participate so the under-15s Invitational Tournament is just another segue into some of the, the events that we're looking to run for our younger people at the under-16s level, but also it gives them a chance to, again, to uh, be connected and to be engaged in playing rugby league.
2: In the past, um, this is the uh, age group really where uh, you know the, the, the overseas scouts, the Australian uh, NRL team scouts have been standing around on the sidelines and just uh, getting their notebooks out and, and starting to look at uh, players. Do you expect that uh, to be the case uh, this week in uh, Rotorua? Uh, do, you, do you feel as if there will be people with uh, very much with their eyes on the development of this tournament?
8: Yes, definitely. Um, you know, over the years you know, the, the Roger Tuivasa Sheiks, the Simon Mannering's, you know, they've been spotted at our National Secondary Schools competition so And COVID, uh, you know, gave an opportunity for, you know, NRL clubs in Australia to to strengthen their Kiwi network. So you might not see people travelling specifically from Australia to come to watch our, our secondary schools tournament, but you'll probably find that uh, the NRL clubs in Australia will have uh, New Zealand-designated scouts that will be keeping an eye on the talent here. And the other thing is that it applies to both boys and girls now because there's a strong demand for female talent with the expansion of the NRLW and just the growth of the, the, the top level of the female competition in Australia. And, you know, the other thing that sort of helps the female game is the... You know the emergence of the uh, the Kiwi Ferns. You know who will be travelling to uh, to the UK later this year to play in the uh, the Rugby League World Cup. So, you know the female game is providing a lot of opportunities for for our young female, but also those who are who are at the senior age at the moment.
2: Uh, we're talking to uh, Tony, of course, uh, former Kiwi great, uh, New Zealand Rugby League's uh, general manager of football and high performance, which of course starts at this level, uh, which also um, leads me to my next question is uh, about the Warriors. What kind, of, uh, what kind of communication, what kind of relationship you, do you have with the Warriors? Bearing in mind, of course, that uh, next year the Warriors will have a, a team in the SG Ball Cup, the New South Wales Cup. Which covers um, uh, under nineteen level. So, do you have a, a pathway, a, a designated pathway into our very own NRL club?
8: Yes, we do, and we've we've got a, a strong, uh, you know, connection and relationship with the, um, you know, Tony Iroh and Grant Pocklington and um, Athens Henade, who look after the the academy for the Warriors. And and it needs to be strong, you know, ourselves, the Auckland Rugby League. And, you know, we, uh, we run our national youth tournament and also the schools tournament, which gives you know, the Warriors and every other NRL club, just a chance to be exposed to, you know, the young talent coming through. So there's a strong link there and we need we need each other to be strong to, to help the game here because the Warriors are, you know, our shop window. So when they go well, you know, everybody loves rugby league and it's connected to our game. So, you know, we're, we're really glad to see that the Warriors are bringing back um, a reserve grade side and also a, uh, an SG ball side as well.
2: So what's the missing link here, uh, Tony? Well, to be perfectly honest, you know uh, w- I know at the end of this week uh, you are going to sit back a- along with a lot of analysts and say, "God, we've got a lot of talent in this country. You know and you'll have earmarked a lot of young uh, individuals for big careers in rugby league, etc, both male and female. Uh, I, you can know I know that's going to happen, um, but, and then we don't then it's a full stop. Uh, w- w- where do we have to repair this missing link? To make sure what you see doesn't continue on.
8: Yeah, you know, I think it's a um, it's a job for you know various organisations, including ourselves, and also you know there's uh, some responsibility on, on the players as well. That um, you know we'll give them an opportunity, and you know it's up to them to try and um, you know improve their game and to keep growing, uh, stay humble. You know, keep at it and keep working hard because there's going to be a lot of opportunities coming up for these young men. Um, you know, with the the mentioned tournaments that I that I mentioned earlier, that we are putting on as a game, and and also the opportunities that will come from the Warriors having you know Neshjibor, a reserve great side, and also the up, other opportunities that. Un- other NRL clubs will be giving these young men and hopefully young women in the future. So, you know, there's a shared responsibility that we have to give these young people the best, you know, preparation so when they do, um, you know, make the step up that they are prepared for it. And I think that's the thing that um, our young people aren't quite getting or weren't quite getting it's just that preparation so when they do go to the Warriors they can hit the ground running rather than having to take you know a couple of years three years to to hone their their craft and to develop uh, emotionally and mentally so when they do get an opportunity in at, at our level you know they can take that opportunity with both hands.
2: Well it's an exciting week uh, in the development of uh, rugby league in this country I believe and uh, I look forward to uh, hearing about the success of it, I know it will be successful and there will be some superstars in the making, um, you can imagine. Tony, thank you very much. Good luck for some good weather, some good ground conditions and and some great skills on show. Been a pleasure talking to you. Have a great week.
8: Thank you and thank you for having me on the, on the show.
2: No problem, no problem. Anytime, we'd love to have you back. It's uh, 9.46 here on SENZ. Uh, good news, we've got Andrew Mertens after 10 o'clock. We know what Justin Marshall thinks about uh, the legacy of the jersey. What about Andrew Mertens as uh, offsider? How does he feel looking in from uh, slightly further away in Australia as a stand sport commentator? Um, so we'll, uh, we'll get Mert's uh, opinion on what he is seeing from uh, a slight distance. Some text here. Morning, Smithy. I think uh, Owen Franks is worthy of serious consideration to be recalled. And I'd love to see this uh, centre combination given a go The 12 with Barrett at 13. Julian Sevier, maybe. Julian Sevier. Um, interesting. Uh, Smithy, I don't understand the selections. Peter Gus gets one game, then dropped from the squad. I've carried Satutu the whole time without playing him. Subbing your captain when we are behind twice, put a feta 50 seconds uh, on debut, makes no sense. Well, certainly, uh, Lee, makes no sense. If you don't learn from it, it really doesn't. Um, so, uh, as I said, you, t- you sub your captain at a time where you most need him in terms of on field direction and tactics. If he's the man for the job, he's just your standout man for that, um, why doesn't he stay on the field during those difficult times? Uh, Jim from uh, Tamuka G'day Jim uh, The legacy you face Is more intimidating Than any opposition That's what the All Blacks poster says The legacy could be Four in a row In New Zealand This weekend Certainly could It certainly could uh, For one I don't think uh, Ar- Argentina having achieved What they've done And being such a Passionate nation They might have a big Ugh, Afterwards Or they might not Because confidence Is an amazing thing And uh, Michael Checker And David Kidwell and co Might be able to say To them look uh, Let's Go out and prove it wasn't a fluke. We'll do the same things and see what they've got to offer. Uh, we had a call before saying, uh, why didn't Papa Lee, um you know, when he did get the opportunity, did nothing well. Uh, Papa Lee played at six, not seven that, that day. That's uh, why the caller says, uh, hey, Smither, you're so right. We tend to have this mindset of keeping players because of what they've done in the past, but at some point we can't keep picking players based on what they were like five to ten years ago. Some of the senior men in this team and uh, Foster need to get real." and start looking forwards to the future. Look at France and how many young players they've got on their side. Tough decisions need to be made, and stop picking favouritism. Richard, you are absolutely so right in that regard. Uh, I totally agree, and those decisions should be being made as early as this morning when they start their training. Full-on training for next week uh, in in Hamilton. want to see those changes. 9.54 here on SENZ. Right, to multi today. The Phillies uh, to beat the Diamondbacks. Uh, that is Major League Baseball and a couple of tennis matches out of the US Open in the early rounds. Uh, Wang, Iju Wang to beat uh, Diane uh, Diane Perry from France at $1.73. First round of the women's. First round of the men's uh, a little later today or even tonight. Uh, Richard Gasquet from uh, France to beat uh, Tato Daniel. Taro Daniel from Japan at seventy two. So the Phillies into Wang into Gasquet. $4.52 $4.52 for that multi for today. Uh, we will have the legendary Andrew Mertens uh, after the break out from Australia on his thoughts of what he's seeing from across the Tasman. I'll bet the passion still burns though for him and he'll be hurting as well. It is uh, coming up to news at 10.
0: 1476am in Auckland This is SENZ It's Kiwi for Sport from behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
2: 10.03 here in New Zealand. A good deal earlier, of course, in Australia, where our next guest comes into us from All Black number 94470. All Black Tests. 967 points These days uh, a stand sport commentator And analyst has one uh, Andrew Mertens and the reason I read out Those uh, stats about test matches and points Etc uh, is because uh, He's part of the legacy of uh, the All black jersey his great mate um, Justin Marshall said it's damaging the Legacy uh, Mertz good morning to You great to have you on the show As you see this unfolding before Well not so much before your eyes but from Across the Tasman as such how are You feeling about the all black jersey at the moment
9: uh, yeah, morning, Smithy. Um, you're right, it's earlier over here, and, and thank goodness it's not some sort of a video call. It's not my strength this time of the morning, but um, yeah, mate, look, sort of con- not conflicting feelings, but mixed sort of emotions and stuff, you know. We've been very, very spoiled in the last 10, 12, 15 years with the All Blacks and the level of success, you know, and um, we've I know we've lost six of the last eight, but we've lost to some bloody good teams, and... You know, I just, just wonder if, if our expectations over that last 10, 12 years has, have really um, come up way high and we're now sort of getting a little taste of maybe a bit more of normality and, you know, sport goes in cycles and uh, and, and hopefully this is just a, a, a small patch where other teams have got a little bit of the wood on us. It doesn't mean we, we shouldn't try to, um, you know, work on – improving ourselves and goodness knows the all blacks have identified that there are plenty of things that they can improve on from the last few performances but um you know it's we, we've like i say we've lost to some bloody good teams ireland's a hell of a team uh, we lost to the world champions across in south africa um we've lost to france who are favorites for the world cup next year so you know we're up against it and and yes like i say we should aspire to to doing better and and, and um but Yeah, maybe it's just back to the time that Marshy and I were playing. I mean, God, I wasn't the last team that handed the Bledisloe Cup across to the Australians in 98. We lost three in a row to the Wallabies in 98, two in a row to South Africa, only the first team in 49 years to have lost five in a season. So, um, you know, to be fair, I've seen worse.
2: I was going to say, have you seen worse? Because uh, uh, the, the current fan, of course, doesn't think that has been a worse time. Um, because we have now of course uh, we've lost to uh, Argentina and, and Australia but now we've lost to them here and there's no great promise that we won't lose to them again next weekend and that's that's I think the hole that the fans quite can't quite get their heads around I, I mean uh, we now it seems um, people are almost, I mean, jokingly saying, "Well, God, we've got to play Japan shortly, and then we've got to play Scotland. They've never beaten us, but hell, they must fancy their chances. <laughs> they must be look, they yeah. must be licking their lips." I mean, that's the that's that is actually the thinking over here.
9: Well, we're promoting good relationships with other countries, aren't we? So I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh, mate. I, you know, we're passionate about it and stuff. I look, I've got faith that um, you know, eventually, sooner or later, the the, the All Blacks will. Pull them out of the, this sort of patch that that they're in. They've got plenty of talent. um As we know, we're not getting the best out of it on the field at the moment, consistently. Even that win against the Box up in ellis Park, I mean, the way that they lost to the Wallabies on Saturday, for example, shows that they're not, a, you know, a, the, the strong world champion team that they were in 2019. Of course, they're the world champions, but. Uh, are they playing as well as they did in that final against England? Absolutely not. So, you know, maybe that was a little bit of a false dawn. They talk about a new dawn, but uh, beating them in, at Ellis Park, even though that's a, that's a great achievement. I'll never sneeze at that and never managed to win at Ellis Park myself. So absolutely can't uh, look down my nose at that. Um, but I don't think the box are the the the, the, the great team that um, maybe they were two or three years ago. They're trying to find themselves. So there's a bit of work to do. Um I just try to add a little bit of moderation at times, you know. We're, we're passionate about our footy. We're passionate about the All Blacks, and that's fantastic. Um, but, you know, like I say, it, it, it has been worse. I mean, losing to Argentina, we didn't, you know, when we're up by 15 points or so, we shouldn't lose in that position. But we've got to give credit to Argentina. They are a, a tough team. They work hard on the ground. The game kind of suited them the way it panned out. It was a little bit stop-start. Don't get me started on the referee, because I think people around the world are sick of New Zealanders complaining about the referee when we lose. But uh, I I didn't think that was a a wonderful appointment or a a wonderful performance. But uh, we struggled to control the tempo of the game. And again, it was down to sort of mistakes and and missed opportunities. So, you know, it's it's all stuff that the All Blacks will be looking at pretty hard themselves, that uh, that they're in control of their own uh, kind of performance to an extent. Let's look at your
2: uh, area of uh, of the game where you excelled, okay? And uh, I'm, talking here, uh, yeah, uh, I'm talking here, yeah, tackling. I'm talking here about I'm talking here about a situation where your scrum has dominance. Now they did uh, that front row in the first 44 minutes had dominance over Argentina. There's no doubt about that. Our line out, our set piece in that performance at, at that particular point in the match was pretty darn good. In other words, we had what you look for a platform. Why could we not? Why could we not exploit that platform?
9: What was missing? Yeah, well, I just wonder if if we are a little bit um, predictable and and readable with with what we're trying to do. You know, we've got fantastic, talented players who, sh- who should be able to improvise and innovate um, on the go. And I I just wonder if teams have got a bit of a read of us. They they've, they do their homework. They look at our our playbook and they look at our sort of our go to uh, plays, our go to strike moves. And you know, maybe they've they've just worked us out and we're not good enough at the moment at reacting to what the contingency plan is and, and and what the bailout sort of option is so um yeah look i i do think we had a, a fantastic era through that period where we had hanson henry and and smith coaching because they were very much you know work within a framework but um identify the opportunities and, and react quickly and, and and react with skill and you know we've also got to remember that in this period the, you know, this successful period where we won two back-to-back World Cups, we've we've got absolute world beaters throughout the team. And having lost those, I mean, 98 was partly the result of uh, of, of losing a lot of players, the likes of Sean Fitzpatrick and Zinzan Brook or Frank Bunce, those sort of players around that that period were were finishing up. And, you know, we've gone through a period where we have lost all those Centurions, and in particular, Richie McCaw and Dan Carter. So, you know, we, we're just not quite that much ahead of the rest of the world at the moment. So we've just got to get more out of ourselves. And uh, uh, like I say, being able to innovate uh, on the go has always been the strength of the All Blacks. And at the moment, it just seems like the defensive game is able to shut us down. South Africa showed that. Um, the Irish, with ball in hand, picked holes. And they actually played All Black-style rugby from four or five years ago. You know, they they moved the ball to big bodies, running hard into space. So yeah, there's a little bit of work for us to do. I mean, there's no that's no that's no secret.
2: No, it's no secret. Um, one of the other aspects where uh, we talked about, um, and Marshy bemoans this as well, is um, the strategy of our kicking game. And we just wondered, you know, when you consistently are getting hit first up hard, you're making no inroads. You can't. You're struggling to get it across that advantage line. What is a ten? And what is a kicking ten, etc.? What can you explore in that area that we're not?
9: Well, it's 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 hard to find space. I mean, teams are very, very good at covering the backfield now, and they don't want to let the ball hit grass. So, yeah, they're, they're just very, very organised. But part of it comes from the front line. You can only drop, you know, good numbers back to cover the backfield if you've got a good front defensive line. And part of that comes from not overcommitting at the breakdown. And, and Argentina was very good at... Um, legally or otherwise slowing the ball down with, you know, one or two effective players at the breakdown. And so the fewer players you can commit on defence at the breakdown and the more players that the attacking team can has to commit, then obviously you've got a bit of a, a numerical advantage in the defensive line. So, uh, And that, that gives you the luxury of putting those players back. So a lot of it got, does come down to that, you know, those first couple of phases and getting the defence backpedalling a little bit and then the options do free up. A lot more. So you know, while our set piece was was a really good platform, we did struggle to get um, good quality ball on the front foot in, in in the breakdowns and and having committed the Argentinians. So you know, they were very very physical. I wonder, you know, we've we've got a team that's very very skillful, and we know that. And I just wonder if, you know, sometimes it just needs to be a little more um, blunt force trauma sort of thing, you know, rather than us us moving the ball around. That that was probably what. Um, hurt us a little bit in that semi-final against England in the World Cup, that, you know, we're trying to move the ball around into space and we, you know, we can tip the ball on and stuff like that. And that's all well and good. But like I say, sometimes there's just no substitute for just powering onto the ball. And 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 the likes of a Frizzel, that's the difference that he brought in the second South African test, was just you know, powering onto the ball and and hitting hard and and getting the opposition on the back foot. And that's what Australia, that's what the Wallabies did against the Springboks in the first 10 or 15 minutes, which basically set the platform for their victory.
2: Can't imagine that in the time of the great captains, the Fitzpatricks, The McCaws, etc., the Kieran Reeds, that you'd bench them uh, when you need them most in terms of decision making and inspiration. So, what are you seeing there, Mitch? In in all honesty, I mean, you know, there's been one of the great talking points, of course, has been the leadership side of this all black group. Uh, The coaching thing seems to be settled. We know that Ian Foster, according to the uh, rugby union, will be there until the end of the Rugby World Cup. What about the captaincy now, mate? Why are we seeing our captain disappear? To his surprise as well. Those crucial stages.
9: Well, I think uh, I think it's a slightly different context from it was to, from when it was twenty years ago. You know, the, the captain back then was the real focal point. Um, you know, alongside Fitzy, there might have been Zinzan Brook, uh, and there might have been the game kind of leaders in terms of moves. But it was re- the focal point was really on the captain. Uh, what the All Blacks have done is evolved that sort of leadership model, so they've got multiple leaders on the field and all, all shouldering responsibility. So I don't think. It's quite the same as, as say, twenty years ago when, when there's no way you'd, uh, you'd have Sean Fitzpatrick coming off the field. Um, so it is a little bit different, and you know you've got to have, um, you know you've, you've got to have the fresh legs on. You've got to have someone who, you know, if they're absolutely shattered after the efforts they've put on over 50 or 60 minutes then captain or not you've 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 got to be replaced and and get those fresh legs on so you know it's a tough one look I love Sam Kane I think he's absolutely put everything into the all-black jersey and I think he brings a lot that we don't see um a lot of intangibles to the team and a lot of um inspiration to the team uh debatable whether all that's enough at the moment to see him see him starting you know he's got some fairly stiff competition from other players there so um so i guess the other things that that ian foster and that the staff are looking at you know what effect he has on other players whether it's a calming effect whether it's a a motivational effect what whatever it is and and we don't it's not easy to see that on the tv um so yeah look it's it's a little yeah was it surprising to see no probably not if he's beat um yeah i don't know it's a hard one to answer it is a hard one to answer
2: but the reality is it's happening now uh two to three times in a row right let's uh look at this week um let's crystal ball gaze here um for one, Argentina aren't going to have to change their defensive patterns. We're going to have to change something. And two, they're not going to get any smaller during the week either. They're big boys. No. So what are we? <laughs> what? Are, what? Are, what are we going to look at? What are we looking at here in terms of uh, our selection? What would you like to see in terms of the principle of, of what they go about here? Would you be um, happier to lose experimenting or happier to lose doing the same old same old with the same people? I mean, what what are our options here?
9: Uh, look, I don't really want to see us experimenting I don't want to risk this game I think the damage that's being done at the moment in terms of just the the way other teams are feeling about us people a a lot of times say oh the aura of the All Blacks is gone and it hasn't really seemed to and and it's not something the All Blacks talk about either the aura but I think we do have problems when other teams feel like they can genuinely attack us and and can go into a game with confidence they always you know they can often opposition teams can often talk up how much confidence they want to take into a game with the All Blacks, but they tend not to. Eventually, you know, apart from the Springboks, you don't really find teams really going in with a lot of confidence against the All Blacks. And I think every loss that happens now is, is is more damaging in that regard. And and if the Argentinians were to win a series in New Zealand, I think it makes not just the Argentinians but the whole rugby world sit up and go, boom, we can we can really keep attacking these guys. So I don't want to see a lot of experimenting. I think we'll see more kicking. I think we'll see a maybe a simpler game, a more brutal game. Like, uh, remember when we lost the first test against uh, the first time we lost to Ireland over in Chicago and the week later the All Blacks turned around and really bludgeoned the Irish in Dublin. Whether we can actually do that to the Argentinians remains to be seen because they are big and physical. They're not going to get any smaller Smithy because they eat more steak than you and I do in a week. But um, I, I think we'll probably see a simpler simpler game from the All Blacks and playing more more territory because we got ourselves in trouble um playing trying to play out of our own territory and conceding penalties and then buffelli just knocks them over all the time so taking away that opportunity for him to keep the scoreboard ticking over i think will be important so maybe just a simpler game plan and you know a bit more punching around the fringes i would imagine so um you know it may not may not be pretty but i think it'll probably be effective
2: we've been a bit stubborn a couple of times and in terms of our selection i mean. Will Jordan, not many people won't say he's the best number 15 they've seen for quite some time, but we don't play him there. Um, and what about the midfield, Mertz? Um, what are you thinking here in the midfield?
9: I just look. I, I just don't think we've got a lot of, um, we haven't had a lot of consistency. And, 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 and these guys are still learning their combination, learning their trade a little bit, um, and under intense pressure. I mean, when you look at who we've played, we haven't had the ability to, kind of ease ourselves into this season either and, you know normally there would be a couple of early games that are pretty physical but you know you can get through them and we really had to hit the ground running against Ireland and managed to win that first test with it which I think in hindsight is a hell of an achievement especially when we went down right at the start of the game so you know that that's forgotten a little bit now as well obviously in the context of the other results but um um yeah that the, the midfield has been tough because individually you know the the they're the fantastic players, but still maybe finding their, finding their feet as combinations. And, um, you know, I'm a big Haveli fan. am a big Rico Yuani fan as well. He's got to be on the field for us. And, you know, that that second game in South Africa just proved that. We're, we're, he, he has an effect. He can have an effect, almost like a Marika Korombete has over here for the Wallabies. He's uh, just so fast, and that's just irreplaceable, whether his best position is on the wing or at centre. I always liked him at centre in the Blues, um, but he's not getting the opportunities that you'd like to see him at centre. He's so quick that you want to somehow set him up, so he's he's got a bit of a one-on-one, or he's, at least he's getting on the outside of his man. I mean, the outside break for him with his pace is why you want to have him at centre, and he's just not quite getting those opportunities where the the, the team is manipulating him into space. To, to give them that chance. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to see a bit, yeah, maybe a bit simpler moves and, and, and a bit smarter moves in the backs as well. Um, I don't know what, what form that takes. Seems to me at times maybe we maybe we should be bringing Geordie Barrett or whoever is at fullback and as, as more of a decoy on the inside of Rico and try and put him on the outside of guys. But sometimes that's easier said than done. And like I say, teams have done their research on us.
1: Mm-hmm.
9: Uh, well, uh,
2: we'll let you go, mates, because we know it's uh, exercise time for you over there. Well, incidentally, we've got a text, <laughs> and what is your what is your uh, record time now from Bondi to Coogee?
9: Well, I mean, it, it depends on the traffic, because I, I never run it. I'll uh, I'll always drive it. <laughs> it depends how long the Uber takes to get there, I think. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I know. <you. laughs> I had a feeling that was going to be your answer. Hey, mate, great great to catch up with you. Uh, fa- absolutely fantastic, of course, and uh, lovely to hear your thoughts as well. See you shortly, man. Stay well. Thank yes, you. For
9: hope to, I hope to be across for that Bladerslow on the 24th, mate, so maybe see you there.
2: Yeah I look forward to it mate It is 10.20 uh, here on SENZ Andrew Merton's there uh, out of Australia uh, With his thoughts on uh, our setup at the moment Panel next
0: Summer or winter He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith On SCNZ. Big talk, big opinions The panel talk,
10: talk, talk
11: to me, yeah.
2: Uh, It is 10.26, a little late to the panel this morning, but the quality will make up for that, don't you worry about it, and John Day is on the panel this morning, and uh, so too uh, is Hamish Bidwell, Um, John Day, goodness me, have you ever presided over a period of uh, New Zealand rugby like this, because a lot of people saying, we haven't had one?
12: No, you're exactly right, it's for the worst of my lifetime, I um, wrote for Today FM the other day, uh, and that includes 1998 when we lost those five in a row, just. The teams we're losing to these days and three in a row at home, it just hurts like never before. Smithy and, yeah, a new low, I think, for the All Blacks on Saturday night, which is not good for anyone, really, is it?
2: No, it's not good. Um, and the feeling around the, the place is unbelievable. I mean, it was like I wasn't in a New Zealand stadium the other night because Argentina, as small as it was, in terms of their support power patterns, their support players, etc., took over the joint uh, with their passion and excitement. It was, it was quite weird.
12: Yeah, well, I good on Christchurch people, because they could have booed Ian Foster and done all of that, but by all accounts, they welcomed him. They were cheering on the All Blacks, trying to get him behind them, but that last 20 minutes was just so insipid, wasn't it? And there was just nothing happening. Richie Monger kind of went into his shell again in an All Blacks jersey and then stubbing the captain once again and putting on a debutant for 40, 50 seconds. Just so many bad things happened in that last 20 minutes, and, man, this team, again, faces another uphill battle going into a week after a loss, which is just happening over and over again, Cindy.
2: Good morning to uh, Hamish Bidwell as well. Last time we spoke to you, Hamish, I think you were uh, quarantining yourself down one end of the house. Um, I I would imagine uh, an all-black loss to Argentina doesn't look any better when you're in quarantine as such.
13: Not when you've seen it before, Ian, um, like two years ago, or not when we've seen a consistent pattern of underwhelming, um, inaccurate insipid was the word I heard before, performances from this team, and we sort of we allow Ian Foster to come out every week and scratch his head and go, oh yeah, it's a learning curve, oh, you know, we're rebuilding, oh it's challenging, oh, test rugby's hard, oh, we're trying, like that's I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't want to round on the man, I think we've all done more than enough of that, but this isn't good enough, and whether we change wholesale the players, whether we change the coach, whether NZR suddenly develop a spine and say, look, we've done your a disservice, and they go, like, something has to change. You can't just pretend this is fine and, and, and debate the merits of losses that we see with, you know, the same patterns every week. Like, it can't continue like this, surely.
2: Well, what what will make it not continue, Hamish? That's, that's the thing. And, I mean, uh, I, I don't imagine um, Ian Foster's going to fall on his sword, is he?
13: No, so I've been reminded uh, in the last day or two of, Laurie Maines' era, and with all due respect for Laurie, probably for the first two or three years of his tenure, he fumbled around in the dark, and then there was that game at the Sydney Football Stadium in 1994. They stumbled upon a way to play. Now, the thing that they did that backed that up was they decided we need different athletes to play this game. We're going to have to give away some tried and true players. We're going to have to abandon what we've done because what we're doing is not working. If we want, in Laurie Mains's case, to win the 1995 World Cup, we have to do something different with different athletes. So let's get those athletes, let's train them up and let's make a change. And they did that in an off-season and they went to 1995 and they damn near won it, as we all remember. It's like, it is achievable. You can have a campaign that's not working. You can have results that are disappointing and you can change
12: it up and that would be the blueprint for me.
2: Okay, what's your blueprint for this week, John Day? Uh,
12: for this week, geez, there's a lot they can improve on, that's for sure. Of the, the attack was... A Funny one for me. I thought we went back into our shell and crushed it, um, which was weird. I thought Joe Schmidt would come in and allow them to play with the freedom that we saw at Alice Park offloads. That's what I want to see uh, from the All Blacks, and I want to see us try and turn over some ball at right time. I mean, it seems like a lost art. We used to have heaps of players who were going over the ball, like, uh, I don't know, Andrew War and Comrade Smith, and just didn't seem to matter what number's on your jersey. Someone would have a crack at the ball, and we just don't seem to be turning over ball, and that's when the All Blacks are at their best on counter attack. So I just, I just want to see some attacking endeavour, um, change-ups, offloads, having a crack at right time. Smitty, I want to see quite a lot this week.
2: Well, you want to see some change of players then?
12: Um, essentially, I guess so. Um, yeah, because I think we've got the right voices now in the, in the coaching staff or in the support system at least. I, I just think everyone in the back line has kind of underperformed this year and every spot is open ahead of next year's World Cup, I don't think anyone in that back line can put their hand up and be like, Yep, I'm a lock in. Uh so yeah, just some confidence in that back line. I don't know, some flair. They just went back into their shell and Christchurch and, and paid the price, I thought.
2: Here's a blueprint for you, Hamish Bidwell. Uh it wasn't that long ago, I'd say whew, three weeks, we're saying we'll doing something in the front row. This is not working. You know, we got um we're getting blitz in the front row, we're not getting mobility out of them, you know, scrummages under pressure, etc. Uh, so we did. We changed them. We put some uh, a young front row in. Look what happened. And now we got dominance for 50 minutes too until they took them off against Argentina. So it can be seen that if you make changes within the group and go younger and just do something, it can work. So why won't we see it again?
13: Well, I guess there's been that pressure to try and win. So you put your best team out there. It's funny that after all these years, we're sort of pining for rotation a little. But like guys like Tuibasas Shek, Perifeta, Papaletti, Sebu Reese, Jordan, the fullback. Like I think it's probably time to give those guys a go. Tupo Bai in uh, in the second row. Like, we are not achieving anything by sticking with what we had, because that's not working. And as you say, we made a wholesale unexpected change in the front row. We said to guys like, Lolala, Tongafasi, Taobao, you're you're gone. You may never play for the All Blacks again. We're going young. We're going with a bit more vigour. We're going with some scrummaging power, which we've lacked. Like, If you do it in one part of the park, have the courage to do it elsewhere, you know? That's that's what I was talking about before with the Laurie Mainz thing and saying to guys like Cronfeld and Osborne and Lomu, you are the mainstays of this team. You are critical to our success. We are trying something different.
2: Totally agree. Totally agree. 10.32 here on SCNZ. We'll have a quick uh, news break, and when we come back, uh, we'll look at another couple of issues as well with uh, Hamish Bidwell and John Day on the panel.
0: 14.76am in Auckland, this is SCNZ. it's Kiwi for Sport. Opinions,
10: the panel.
2: John Day with us this morning, as is uh, Hamish Bidwell, and Hamish, if we can talk uh, just very briefly about uh, cricket and contracts, and uh, obviously with uh, Colin de Groenholm, he's got a different one than the rest of uh, New Zealand's uh, cricket centrally contracted cricketers, because... He can sign without anyone. Uh, he can sign for another league without anyone knowing. That's interesting, isn't
13: it? Yeah, he's gone about it the wrong way. I think we'll get to an outcome where he does play for the Adelaide Strikers and he relinquishes his New Zealand cricket contract. I don't think they see probably despite contracting him. I'm not sure that there's a desperate need for him at 11 uh, in any form of the game at the moment. And at 36, I think it is. It's probably time for him to to walk away. He should have communicated that. He should have handled things better. Uh, It's a shame. Uh, It makes him look a bit unprofessional and a bit foolish, but I think we'll get to an outcome and and people will just move on. He's not Trent Bolt. He's not Kane Williamson. He's not Ross Taylor. His absence for the team will not leave a hole that can't be filled. In fact, he's battling to make the team. So did things poorly. Uh, I think Heath Mills from the Players Association will smooth things over and we'll see um, Colin Grant on playing in the Big Bash.
2: Yeah, I I think we probably will. He's always been... Uh, Mullis and all John Day, he's always just been a little different, Colin?
12: Yeah, he certainly has, and communication, working in the media, has never been a strong suit of Colin Grand Holmes, uh, so yeah, this is very, uh, very surprising, but um, yeah, it just seems like Smithy really we're heading down kind of the road of the West Indies, and we're just losing all our explosive cricket options, uh, and they're all just going to play T20s, so, like these guys are match winners, I know they're not first choice, like Hamish said, but um you know, Nishim and, well, Bolt's first choice, but, you know, Nishim and Munro and guys who can ice your games and win your games just won't be available for New Zealand at times, which is always a little bit frustrating, but it's the way of the world. Why wouldn't you, at that age especially, go off and play T20 and make mega cash if you can?
2: What's our Super Smash looking like, John, now that uh, the UAE's on probably much at the same time? Uh, the Big Bash has always been at counter, uh, at odds with it, and um, when we're talking about South Africa. I mean, What about a a Super Smash? Goodness me.
12: Yeah, it's going to be pretty low-key, isn't it? Like, the NPC is so low-key as well. I can't believe it this year. It just seems like it's going under the radar like never before. It just seems like domestic sports just heading that way at that level. Smitty, if you haven't got the best players because they're off playing for bigger cash around the world, then you're going to have an inferior product at home and you're not going to inspire that next generation. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a shame, but that's just the way it works.
2: Classic Shield games this year, um, uh, Hamish Bidwell. Uh, Hawks Bay have been um, uh, there, it's still there, it's still in the cabinet, but by God um, it's been close and I'm not expecting any different uh, when Southland have a crack or uh, Wellington if they get a chance
13: It just shows you what a burden that is I mean it's a grand final for all the the challenges and it takes a huge amount out of teams and Hawks Bay it's a real mental effort they're putting up to retain it, but it, it does take its toll, and I, it may affect their campaign going on while they put all their effort into, into defences. Perhaps they're not going to be as explosive or as fit and able. Are they going to have to re- rotate guys when they're away? So I don't know what that will do to their sort of championship aspirations, but it's just great to have the shield here. I mean, I was reading um, the other day of Canterbury's 25 defences of the 1980s, and I think Hawks were up to 13. Like, it's a hell of an effort just to get to 13. We see the shield turned over so often, but it's great for Hawke's Bay. Like, I, I know school kids around town who've seen the shield, had it come to school, get to touch it. Like, it's, the magic's worn off a little and it's hard to judge form. You know, we're talking about rejuvenating the All Blacks. The sophomore Moa, to me, has been outstanding for Wellington. But how do you judge his form because of the calibre of the competition? Should he go into the All Blacks as Takeahoe's number two? He would for me, but it's really hard to judge form because of the, the calibre of teams with players we're seeing in the NPC.
2: Let's uh, change tack again, um, fellas. And uh, what a performance by uh, Rory McIlroy, John, to win the Tours Championship. A lot of money in the bank for him. I don't think money really matters uh, to Rory at this point. Um, But uh, it was a terrific win for the PGA because at the end of the day, he has been their lead spokesman.
12: Yeah, he's chucked it all on his shoulders. And is that four times now he's won the FedEx Smithy? Is it three or four? It's yeah, pad, first yeah. first guy to do that Oh, third first guy to do that mm-hmm. and with all that pressure, like he, he's put it on his own shoulders really, hasn't he? Um and he's done a tremendous job. Like, talk about playing under pressure, he does it better than most. So it's a big win for the PGA and they're trying to match Liv Golf Smithy and how do you see it all kind of playing out? Are these going like, guys gonna make up amiably or is this like gonna be a rift that's gonna stick around forever?
2: Well, I, I'm not sure it will be ami- amiable, uh, to be honest, because uh, very publicly uh, a lot of things have been said about individuals. I mean, there were uh, before uh, Liv came around. There was always rifts on the PGA, anyway. With Patrick Reed, never seemed to be able to find a friend, etc. Uh, and that exists. Relationships exist in any form of competition, and, and poor relationships as well. But for my point, uh, Hamish, but we've we've just seen uh, confirmed that uh, Cam Smith's gone, Mark Leishman's gone. Nah, a Neiman's gone. So they're pretty high profile players in their own countries as well. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I've probably asked you this before, but we always bring it up when another group goes across where you, where you see it going from this point.
13: Yeah, I mean, there's a few strengths to what you talk about there. One thing that American um, golf people are noticing is that the same fealty to the tour doesn't exist with an international player. So you mentioned Neiman, Chilean. Smith, Leishman, Australian, like they don't have the same tie to the tour. They 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 actually probably do want a more of a global game. They actually do want more freedom to play in places like Australia. Cam Smith, for instance, hasn't been home to Brisbane in three years for you know golf and COVID-related reasons. So, it's a big deal for him. And as you mentioned before too, relationships are suffering. We've seen Lee Westwood have a bit of a dart in the media. A guy like McElroy dart back. Like we talked about the famed European Ryder Cup squad spirit. Well, that's. <laughs> that's gone kind of to custard because guys are on different sides of the fence and they're sniping at each other, and it's unfortunate. Um, as younger guys go, like Neiman, uh, like Smith, I think we get closer to a reproach one, and um, the two tours perhaps learning to coalesce. Um, that's not going to happen in the, in the immediate term. There's talk that Greg Norman may move away from, from leading the live tour and they may get someone less combative involved that could perhaps negotiate with the PGA Tour. Um, but when you lose younger guys rather than a Poulter and a Westwood, then you, you are damaging the PGA Tour product. And it was a great fillet for the, um, for the PGA Tour for McElroy to win in the weekend and win legit too. You know, Scotty Shepard had the 10-shot head start and, and McIlroy ran him down and, and won legit if it was a, a stroke play or a net. So, um, yeah, interesting times for golf. I don't think they're going to come together in a hurry, but I think they eventually will.
2: Right, OK. Um, I, I think you're probably right, actually. I, I, and there'll be a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of remarks in the meantime. Uh, and then at some point, uh, they will come together. But I, I'll tell you what, they might, um, for my way of thinking, and might not be with Greg Norman at the helm, I think the pain and the, and the hurt there, uh, they might need to get a, a much more, shall we say, I won't say neutral, uh, much more um, confident uh, lay back, sort of a front man for a live for the PGR, etc to sit down with them because I don't think they'd sit down with Norman at any point at the moment but that's just by the by, speaking of uh, con- uh, controversial people and <clears throat> how they are regarded John Day, this uh, could well be Serena Williams place today, could well be her last ever appearance what will be her legacy for you Serena Williams, the greatest of all time claiming she's better than Margaret Court uh, already or what, what will it be for you, in terms of Serena?
12: Well, I think she's ticked every box there is in sport. I know you say controversial, but when you compare it to an NRL player, pretty squeaky clean. What, two controversies? Pretty bad ones. Albeit over a 27-year professional career, threatening to what, put a ball in a line person's throat and then stealing Naomi Osaka's moment. Um, they were bad, but I don't think it completely tarnishes her legacy. She's made the most money out of any female athlete of all time, won the most... Titles in the open era, um, I think she built on what Steffi grass, did for women's tennis and made it even better with her power and her grit, uh, now everyone in the women's game it seems plays with power, which is great to watch as a spectator, so I think she changed the game, won the most titles, made the most money, so therefore is probably the best female athlete we've seen.
2: Amos Bidwell, uh, your pr- impression of uh, Serena Williams, if today is your last day?
13: Uh, not my favourite athlete. I think it's a shame she's gone on this long. Um, not unlike Tiger Woods in a way. Nicholas holds the record for golf majors and Margaret Court for tennis. But, but as Woods, Tiger Woods is the benchmark for all golfers. Now, Serena Williams will be the benchmark for professional female tennis players. She's set new standards and achieved amazing things. Um, Even just in terms of, as John alluded to, prize money, like the game is far more lucrative for female players. There's equal prize money in events because of Serena Williams. The global appeal she had, the reach, the inspiration she provided for tens of millions of people around the world of colour to participate in was like woods in a sport that was pretty Anglo Saxon, pretty traditional. She's been a trailblazer and she will be the one that all good players from here on are measured against.
2: Okay, uh, thank you very much this morning to uh, Hamish Bidwell and for uh, John Day as being part of the panel. uh, interesting thoughts. Uh, it's 10:44 here on SCNZ. Uh, we'll have another panel tomorrow at the same time. Uh, a couple of texts here. Uh, a lot of criticism of the subs on the weekend. Smithy, I heard that the Groot and uh, Lomax had signaled injury, muscle strains. Aaron Smith looked tired when uh, they dragged him. The sub at hooker would have been okay if Taylor had performed. He had a shocker, which was unexpected. The Perdofeta sub was ridiculous, though. Here's 40 seconds, son. Do your best and save the game tokenistic and somewhat disrespectful to the player and the jersey Kyle says uh, during Tane Randall's uh, losing streak, the AB's uh, losing to Oz, my old man was so angry during dinner he threw a chop at the TV turned it off and has never watched a live game since, wow, that is deep that is a long time ago for the old man Um, and I wonder what happened to the chop, he had a dog Probably been pretty happy. Um, oh, look, here's, in, in all honesty, um, the Perifeta thing for me is quite baffling. I know uh, Beaver says he's in All Black. It's great. 40 seconds or not, he's in All Black. Yes, he is. He did take the field of play for the All Blacks. But really, I wonder what's going through his head. I wonder what's uh, going through the head of Stephen Perifeta as we build to this week. I hope he gets more than 40 seconds to win the game this week.
3: 10.51. .NZ Update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan.
2: Speaking to Louis Herman Watt, and I come with a blank canvas today, uh, Louis Herman Watt, um, uh, because it's Tuesday, it's always a pretty quiet uh, time of the week as we look forward to racing on both sides of the Tasman coming up. What's on the menu this week for you?
1: Yeah, was well, big racing over in Australia, uh maybe The Fairn Stakes over at uh, Moonee Valley. Now this is a golden ticket to the Cox Plate. So Mr. Brightside, the ex Kiwi in there, after his huge fresh up win over at Caulfield a few weeks ago. So that'll be a good one to watch this weekend. Uh, it's the Morgan guineas as well. But a little bit of, I guess it's just, it is sad news because she was a star and and on trivia, retired. So she she had a little bit of an injury and and in, I think after some more. Uh, X rays and they did the the, the big X ray, the one that can you can kinda of see everything. I, I believe it was a fetlock issue Tiako announcing. Um so just some damage in there and look they, they could have rehabbed her for a long period of time, put her out and then given her another chance, but she's done so much for them already. Uh group two Sherico Stakes over in Australia. Um she's she's really performed obviously the, the railway win here was just something quite amazing and so she's she's gonna be a, a very valuable broodmare. Um she's a Tavistock as well. So it'll be interesting to see what sale she goes into. And I don't know whether she'll be served this year's this breeding season or not. I'm not too sure. So but yeah, a little bit of a little bit of sad news because she still had group ones in her, I'm absolutely certain of that, but just didn't quite come back right and going all the way back to that Cambridge synthetic trial, um, where we were just kinda of hoping that maybe she didn't like the the poly turf. Yeah. Just wasn't quite right again this year. So, oh, Tiaka doing the right thing as they tend to do, Smithy, but sad news as a staff in the turf
2: retires. Yeah, absolutely. A, a very a genuine star as well. So, uh, it's on Imperatrice now as we look forward to it. Louis, thank you very much for that. Uh, heading across to uh, BP at uh, the TAB. Of course, BP witnessed uh, the impressive performance of Imperatrice at the weekend. And, uh, geez, it was a standout performance, BP. It was amazing.
3: Was incredible, wasn't it, to see that turn of foot of a horse in such a heavy surface and now seals herself as a runner that can do it on top of the ground but also on a very testing track like it was on the weekend. So uh, you look out the rest of the opposition uh, down at Hawks Bay and the Tarzino. Uh, to things uh, more immediate, got a couple of bets here around the US Open. want to bring you money for Serena uh, in her match coming up at thirty is her current price. And I want to move to the Curios match versus uh, Thanasi Kokonakis. Money for Kokonakis to win a set at $1.52 and is con- continuing to move. That's now one forty nine as I speak. And over three and a half uh, total sets at $1.62 was as high as $1.67. So there's been money in that match suggesting that Curios is going to drop a set, but he is the outright favourite. And just to ask uh, him MLB, the Dodgers are currently playing. We're taking $2,000 on them at $1.56. They are down one run against the Marlins. And three and a half thousand on the Blue Jays, over three and a half runs in their match at $1.95. ninety-five. Good
2: on you, BP. Thank you very much um, for your input this morning. Uh, just incidentally, um, uh, the world, uh, the Rugby Championship odds. The Rugby Championship odds as they stand this morning: a dollar seventy. The All Blacks to win the Rugby Championship. Believe that a dollar seventy. Australia four bucks. South Africa four seventy-five. Argentina, who are currently on top. Ten bucks. Ten bucks, folks. It's 10.59 here on SENZ. Veterans Cricket after the break.
0: Behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
2: Well, it's 11.03 here on SENZ, and there is a great saying that they say sport is for life. And whether you're picking up a ball, a bat, a golf club, or something else, sport can give you a lot in life it has for a lot of people from careers to friendships and greater health and there's plenty of reasons to want to stay in sport regardless of what level you might be at well the new zealand veterans cricket team is a great example of that and from uh, september the second in a couple of days time to the 15th the sunshine coast will host the inaugural over 60s cricket world cup with a combination of 12 teams competing on the line now we have the chairman of veterans cricket new zealand Jeremy Wilson, who's been uh, one of the reasons this has been all put together. Jeremy, thanks very much for your time this morning.
11: Cheers, uh, Smithy. Great to be here.
2: Great to talk to you, uh, Jeremy. Now, that, in terms of uh, this event, it's the inaugural one, uh, is the ICC involved at all the International Cricket Conference or has this been basically done by uh, other people?
11: Yeah, no, uh, ICC's not involved. This is a group of enthusiastic uh, elderly gentlemen who still have a love of the game. That uh, We use the term, it's the second innings, and it's an opportunity for people who, who really enjoy cricket to just get out there and, and have a crack.
2: Well, Jeremy, I'm looking at the participating nations in this. Uh, Australia, Canada, India, us, of course, Pakistan, uh, rest of the World eleven, which is interesting, South Africa, Sri Lanka, USA, Wales... West Indies, and uh, I don't see, I do not see a side, uh, Scotland as well, I do not see a side from England, and yet I would have thought, in terms of the history of of uh, people that wanted to stay in the game, England would be probably the first country I'd go to. Why no England?
11: Well, it's a its a bit of a bone of contention actually, Ian. Um, they were invited, of course, but uh, the tournament coincides with the last four weeks of their um, county championships and so effectively the top four teams wouldn't be eligible so they'll put a rest of the world team together which is all the other counties and they'll be participating as a rest of the world team.
2: Okay okay that's interesting right like, let's uh, talk about the, the format for this uh, Jeremy how does it all work what are the I mean what what are well, the, the rules for the game etc.
11: Well 45 over games um no retirements. Uh, that generally, in over-60s cricket, we have retirements to give everyone a crack, but in this tournament, it, 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 there's no retirements. Um, there is. Uh, um, it's it's just pretty standard uh, cricket rules. Um, you're not allowed to bowl too many bounces. Well, that's not a big issue at over-60s cricket. Um, <laughs> and um, there's a few fielding restrictions, but it's just straight, standard 45-over uh, cricket.
2: Okay, this comes on the back of a pretty successful over-50s World Cup back in uh, Sydney in 2018. Um, How easy has it become to find a squad of uh, over-60s cricketers as such? Was it easy
11: to to put it together? Well, the biggest challenge is we've got lots of players. The the growth of veterans cricket, um, we've now got uh, World Cups coming up for over 40s, over 50s, over 60s, and we suspect within the next year there'll be an over 70s. So um, when when Canterbury first got involved, there was uh, an over 60s tournament, uh, and that was it. Now we've got multiple divisions and all those different um, age groups, and um, later in the year we're taking four teams to go over to Australia to contest the over 60s interstate uh, championships in Australia and Victoria, and and there'll be 700 uh, veteran cricketers there. Massive over there, and the UK. The UK. I've, I've had the opportunity to tour over there and play. It's 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 huge. You can play three or four games a week of veterans cricket in the UK.
2: So, in, in terms of uh, veterans cricket, um, tell us, uh, is it white ball? It's white ball cricket. Or is it or pink ball? Because pink ball has been used in the past.
11: No, this will be pink ball in Australia, and um, we, we've got a, a tournament coming up in February. So maybe in um, Napier, this will be for 60s and 70s. So it's not yep. too late for you to get your gear out and, and have a run. Uh, Central districts will be looking for a, a, a batting keeper.
2: <laughs> okay. I um, so I'll take your point there, Jeremy. <laughs> well made. <laughs> right. Okay. Let, let's, uh, let, let's just look at the, you know, a lot of people uh, hearing about this, and, and it's because it's the inaugural, we're hearing about it for the first time would be thinking, yep. wow, what a great boys' trip there. What a great uh, good old boys' trip that will be. Tell us about uh, just how serious this deal is, man.
11: Well, the legs might be a bit older, but the, the competitive spirit is still strong. We had a, um, a training camp at the Sir Richard Hadley Centre in Christchurch a fortnight ago. We had everyone in the squad of 10. Uh, people have been training for six, seven months, gym, uh, practising in the nets every week. Uh, we're not as young as we once were, but the the competitive spirit still burns strongly, and that's, that's just as important um, as anything else. And, and we're, going out, we're not going over there to muck around. We're going there to win this thing, and uh, we've got a very determined group. We've, uh, we've got a, a fantastic – Paladin have come up with a fantastic uniform for us all, uh, travelling and playing kit. Um, and, and we've got some guys there that are... This is an opportunity of a lifetime for some of these guys. And, and it's interesting, Smithy. People always say to me, what names have you got? We don't have many of the guys that in their day were top cricketers. We've got a lot of guys from a, a level below. And I was just looking at some of the team lists from uh, the teams that are going over to Victoria later in the year. We've got one team um, where the, the, the batting line-up is Vance, Wright, Cougarline, Reed. And you think, that's fantastic. Well, it's actually um, David Vance, uh, Bert's brother. It's Hamish Wright, John's brother, Gordie Kugeline, um, and Ian Reid. So these are guys that in their day lived in the shadow of their brothers. And, and m- myself, um, my young brother Richard was in a team with all those guys that went over and played in the Kookaburra Shield against the uh, Australian secondary schools and, and did very well. They, they also had people like Evan Gray and Bruce Edgar and, one or two others in there, but um, those, none of those guys are, are still playing, whereas we uh, are determined to go over there and do a good job.
2: OK, let's uh, look at uh, our squad then, uh, representing very proudly New Zealand. Jeremy, tell us a wee bit um, how you're able to put this squad together and one or two of the names in it.
11: OK, well, the first thing is we have a, uh, an interprovincial tournament every year, and from that... Um, We've got a couple of selectors that look at all the players and, and pick the teams from there. So um, they get no shortage of, of guys keen to go. Probably the the, the 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 best player we've got would be Andrew Nuttall. Now, Andrew played for Canterbury. His son, Ed, is a, a current Canterbury representative. Andrew is the third-ranked bowler in over-50s cricket, and he's well into his 60s. Quite remarkable, extremely fit, very dedicated enthusiastic, and um, I think some of the other teams will struggle with him. In in over 50s, he's almost unplayable for a lot of the guys, and so we're we're hoping that he'll be able to replicate that for the over 60s. And then we've got a whole list of guys that have played representative um, um, Hawke Cup cricket and and senior cricket around the country. We've got got guys like uh, Mark Payton from Auckland and uh, Tony Hill. His son, David, is uh, well-known as an All Black. He played a lot of cricket around the country. Um, Captain is uh, a guy, Graham Ingalls from Canterbury. Um, so yeah, just a, a really good collection of, of guys who are keen as mustard and determined to do well.
2: Oh, well, I played against um, uh, Andrew Nuttall. That's one of the reasons I won't be playing oh, in the tournament in, in January because uh, <laughs> he got me out. He got he got me out around 45 years ago, and I don't want him to get him out get me out 45 years later. That would be uh, a really horrible aspect to my my continuing cricketing <laughs> career. I also played with Roger Uh, uh and yeah. I also played in Central Districts B for uh, Tony Hill, who was a uh, very polished oh, batsman right. okay. back in those days. David yeah. David Hills. Yeah. Um, so I, I do know, do know a few uh, names in that. It was it was uh, fantastic. Yeah. So the venue for this, and uh, what kind of coverage? Uh, I mean, I've had a text and already say how how do we keep up with this tournament? This Veterans Tournament.
11: Well, there, is, a, there is an over 60s World Cup website. Um, if you Google over 60s cricket, uh, don't go to the over 60s uh, dating websites, which pop up when you Google it. Um, but over 60s cricket, and you'll see it all there, and all the squads are, are outlined. Um, there's people like um, Rice from uh, South Africa and, and one, or two others. Um, but all the results will be posted every day, and, and you'll be able to follow the tournament.
2: Okay, um, how much uh, training and prep has, has gone into um, this, this side?
11: Well, as I said, um, the, the side was picked about six months ago. That enabled people to, um, and, and most people would be at the gym two or three times a week, uh, having a net every week, and then we've had training camps and so on. So we're taking this very seriously and absolutely determined to bring the trophy back and put it next to the test mace.
2: Next to the mace would be uh, fantastic. I, I like the, the concept of that. And, and I would imagine yeah. you'd, you'd want to go on a nationwide tour with your trophy as well, because well, uh, that would be good.
11: Well, we, we'd like to um, do a, a trip down uh, Queen Street, you know, for the ticker tape, but unfortunately there's too many roadworks there, so we'll have to put that on, on hold.
2: Fair enough. Okay, I get your point there. Um, right now let's uh, look who's in our look, who's looking at, uh, in, in our pool, and what do we know about these other? Speaking an inaugural tournament, what do we know about some of the the opposition as such?
11: Well, to be honest, we we um, th- there's been a lot of uh, toing and froing uh, on on the WhatsApps between the the different countries, and most of them are, are doing a pretty good job of blowing. Their own trumpets, but we've we've taken the view that we'll just p- play uh, very much under the radar and not say anything. Um, but um, I, I suspect South Africa, Australia, um, Pakistan, India will be will all be very strong. And interestingly, when you look at the um, USA and Canada, their teams look very much like the Indian and Pakistan teams. <laughs> uh, that's that's their player base in, in that part of the world. Uh, so we we think those teams will be strong. Uh, and the, the rest of the world team will be is a bit of a mystery to us. So we're playing the rest of the world first up, and then, then we move on to Pakistan, and we'll see how we go. We've got a, a warm-up practice game on Thursday against Australia, um, which, um, which will be very interesting.
2: Jeremy Wilson, uh, who funds all this? Um, got, you say you've got no backing, no uh, no ICC backing. New Zealand cricket in, in, involved at all, or is this all privately funded, etc., and uh, out-of-your-own-pocket stuff?
11: Yeah, no, it's out-of-our-own-pockets. Um, so I've met with New Zealand cricket. They are supportive of the idea. They think it's great. However, um, they don't have funds available for us, and, and we're quite happy to... Be autonomous and self-fund, uh, everything we do. OK,
2: um, what about age, age range? What would the older... I mean, the youngest has to be uh, 60 years and no more, but the, what about the oldest? Uh, have you got any idea who the oldest player will be?
11: Um, we've got a couple of guys who are in the, in the uh, sort of 66, uh, 65 area, but that would be the oldest. And interestingly, when you go over and... Um, To Australia, you'll see their team. They rotate um, out pretty much every year. There's um, new guys who are close to sixty come in, so they tend to be fairly selective based on age and um, mobility. And fielding is absolutely critical at this at this age. So, yeah, there's not not too many guys get selected past sixty five. They they all have a youth policy. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Very good, love it Well I'm out, yeah. I'm gone um, I've gone past there already So, Hey, uh, yeah. the other thing that I mean it might sound funny um, But I don't think it is uh, that funny The medical side of things Because you're going to be playing in fairly warm temperatures uh, Compared to where you're yep. coming from in New Zealand at this point um, And the guys are getting on You know, to be fair So uh, what about that aspect of it? That would scare me Well, Yeah,
11: there's two aspects One is that um we have a, a, a temperature of about 35 degrees. They call the game off, um, and in that part of the world, they're also very mindful of, of lightning strikes. But the other thing is, there's a, a defibrillator at every game, and um, and we've also booked in physios and so on to ensure that our team is in top. And and we get a massage after after each game because. It's a long tournament, um, just over two weeks, uh, seven games. Um, you need to be in good nick to be able to play that much cricket in, within that time frame.
2: That was interesting for me that you play forty-five overs games because you're looking at probably I, I would have been the thick end of uh, three and a bit hours in the park, and, and then of course your that's run right. chase etc. And I just I yep. just uh, I, I I was also sort of envisaging thirty overs sort of max, but forty-five. That's an interesting choice.
11: Yeah, I, I don't know why the Aussies came to that. We've had we've had people um, from other countries come in and say, well, we can't t- change it to a 2020 tournament." But those are the rules. That's what they struck in the initial stages. We're quite happy with that. We'll play to whatever the Aussies deem uh, suitable for for their t- their conditions. So, yeah, we're quite happy with that.
2: And, and uh, just um, uh, I had a text in to to say how. How can we get involved with um, um, veterans cricket or masters? It used to be called masters cricket, as such. Or uh, what is the setup now? Does every every province or uh, every city have one as such? Is, it, is there a um, a place you can actually go to, or do you you do it through a club system? How do you actually get involved no, we, if you want to play? We, we
11: are yeah, we are autonomous to um, the associations through the through the country. But there is a veterans cricket website, there is contact details. New Zealand Cricket is going to have a, a section on their website which they'll allow us to put all the contact details and so on. We're just setting that up at the moment. So there's always, um, and just ask around, there's, there's always going to be people, at, at, as I say, at 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s that we be able to direct you to the um, appropriate person. And it's growing like and as it has done. It's the fastest growing segment of cricket in both Australia and the UK. And we're just following along, doing exactly the same thing. It's, it's guys that love the sport, like to get out and have a crack. Um, still, we're still pretty competitive, um, and, um, and it's available to, to people of all ages.
2: Aspirations then, uh, Jeremy, you've made the commitment. You're basically uh, just about on the plane. What are, what are the aspirations of, of the squad?
11: Well, um, a couple of things. Um, firstly, uh, I, I was just a bit on the plane, but this morning I test is positive to COVID, so I'm going over a few days after the rest of the squad. So to be, to be um, fair, I'm pretty disappointed about that. But never mind, we'll be able to carry on. Uh, look, as I said, we're not going there to muck around. Uh, we're going there to win this tournament. We've got a determined bunch of guys. Um, we've trained hard. We've done all the uh, preparation that we can. And uh, I'm pretty convinced that that we're going to have a good showing.
2: Look forward to uh, hearing all about it, uh, Jeremy. So sorry to hear that you won't be Righto. part of the uh, the initial party heading there, but I know you'll make up for lost time. So hey, thank you. Welcome thank you for your okay. Yeah. yeah, thank thank you for your time. Mate. Very intriguing. Huh? I look forward to hearing more about it. Cheers. All the best. Okay.
11: Good day. Yeah. yeah,
2: Jeremy walks in there, uh, who is uh, in charge of uh, New Zealand's veterans cricket. I think it's fair to say he's uh, um, right into it. And and they are. A lot of people are seriously uh, into it, and they, they can't let it go. I'm surprised Ewan uh, Chatfield is not in that team, to be perfectly honest. Um, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Chats actually gave up playing... Uh, very serious level of senior cricket in the Hutt Valley. I kind of thought, and there'll be other names there too that I would have thought might have been involved, um, but uh, I might not have quite made the age grade at this point. So uh, it's um, it's an ongoing thing. It's very interesting too, and uh, they're going to the Sunshine Coast to play a little bit of cricket for about 14 days. I think of worst things to be doing. 11:21.
0: Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
2: It's 11.26 here and I uh, mentioned before that uh, our flight was cancelled yesterday because I had great aspirations of uh, getting home and watching the last round of the Tour Championship. Wasn't able to do that so I uh, missed that remarkable performance by Roddy McIlroy to come home with a withering sail and absolutely withering sail, wet sail, uh, and a withering burst that's what i meant to say uh yeah uh, to take it off uh, scotty scheffler so um i missed the interviews and everything as well so uh, uh, logan has been good enough to put it together for me and this is rory mcelroy after winning yesterday incredibly third time
14: what a week what a day um Firstly, there's one thing I want to say. I feel like Scotty deserves at least half of this today. Uh, He has had an unbelievable season. Um, I feel sort of bad that I pipped him to the post, but uh, he's a hell of a competitor. Uh, He's an even better guy. It was an honor and a privilege to, to battle with him today, and I'm sure we'll have many more. Uh, I told him we're one all in Georgia this year. He got the Masters, I got this.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And you made a great run at him that Sunday at Augusta. Getting in the last group, being a couple under this morning, how important was that to eyeball Scotty here to try to chase him down six back to start?
14: Yeah, um, you know, I've been in the the final group here three of the last five years, starting with um, Tiger in 2018 um and 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 that uh you know incredible scene and then you know to get the better of brooks in 19 um was awesome and then you know another final group here i didn't you know i didn't really give myself much of a chance to off today um you know i thought six six or six behind Um, I thought it was going to be really tough to make up. But um, my good play and and Scotty's not so great play. And, um, you know, it was a ball game going into the back nine. You made putts. We talked about the open, how the putts didn't fall. I know that was tough for you. It was a tough couple of days after that. Given everything that's happened this
5: year and the role you've taken front and center with the changing landscape in the sport, how satisfying is it for you to stand here at the end of the season and win this year's FedEx Cup?
14: It, it, means a, it means an awful lot. Um, I believe in the game of golf. I believe in this tour in particular. I believe on the players and you know I believe in the players on this tour. Um, it's the greatest place in the world to play golf, bar none and I've played all over the world. And, uh, you know, this is an incredibly proud moment for me, but it should also be a, an incredibly proud moment for the PGA Tour. They've, um, you know, they've they've had some hard times this year, but we're getting through it. And, um, you know, that was a spectacle out there today. You know, two of the, the best players in the world going head to head for, um, you know, the biggest prize on the PGA Tour. And, um, you know, I hope everyone at home enjoyed that. Congratulations. Thanks, Mike.
2: Yeah, 11.29 uh, here, and that was uh, Rory McIlroy, who has done all he possibly can for the tradition of golf. And I say the tradition, uh, I mean authority in golf. Um, they must absolutely love him as an advocate, as an ambassador. Uh, and to win that as well, uh, I think Logan was, uh, with all that's going on in his mind, because every time, uh, every time he wakes up, he's uh, at the forefront of this battle, this, uh, this feud, if you like. Uh, and still to be able to perform like that. Incredible.
15: Yeah, absolutely. I'm gutted you didn't get to watch it, Smithy. So uh, kudos kudos to you there in New Zealand for uh, Smithy missing out on that opportunity because it was awesome to watch. It really came down to the final hole. Uh, You know, the par five there. Rory was in line for a potential eagle if, you know, he placed his second shot well, but unfortunately he sailed over the green and, he hit the grandstand, so he was right there in the rough of things. Uh, Scheffler as well, and obviously he didn't he didn't do as well. So he struggled, and Rory was able to sink it in the end, and you know, the emotions didn't get the better of him in in that moment. But then shortly after, you know, if you watch the video of that interview, it, the the tears are welling up in his eye throughout. You can see how much this means to him. You know, like you say, he's at the forefront of everything at the moment with the PGA. So the, an incredible moment for him, and just how much you know the PGA means to him and how much Rory means to the PGA. It was really something quite special to watch.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree, and uh, I'll back up. Um, he's just a, he's a, a terrific guy. Um, he's perceived that way, um, you know. He is he's fighting for what he believes are the, the values and the traditions in golf uh, against the weight of money coming in from other angles. Uh, and I do uh, believe that if uh, the likes of uh, Jay Monahan, who was the commissioner of the PGA, etc. want to mend bridges with um, with live golf Uh, it's going to be a tough a tough thing to do because now uh, we're talking about pride and personality and public publicity and insults and things being traded Uh, which when you get to the level uh, that they're done um, it's not like you're trading with them across your neighbor across the fence and after a couple of weeks just so i come over for a beer and we'll sort this out you know that's not going to happen it's not going to happen with live golf and establishment golf it will not happen that way And particularly, I believe, while Greg Norman is in charge of the live side of things, not many people are prepared to sit down at a table with Greg Norman and negotiate. And that's why I think this is going to be ongoing for a lot longer than uh, perhaps the game needs. However, that is just uh, my speculation on that. It's 11.32, which means it is time for the first uh, time for me this week that we have the opportunity to play for $50 with of TAB product Obviously Ricardo was just as useless as me yesterday uh, So uh, wasn't able to win uh, So therefore you'll be able to phone um, You'll be able to actually phone Brian today uh, And you'll also be able to uh, talk to Quizmaster Logan Swinkles Very shortly after the news here with Araha
6: Ian Smith's had a good match here
10: stumped by Smithy
6: Ian Smith really is top class at his job
15: Yes, it is time for Stumped here on SNZ Mornings with uh, Ian Smith and producer Logan Swingles. Ricardo, yes, he did fumble. He did drop the ball a few times there last week. I mean, yesterday, Smithy. But next week, he's going to have to be on form because you're going to be over in Australia covering the the Black Caps. That's correct,
2: yeah. Um, Getting out of here and going to... uh Australia for the first uh, well, all three of those games actually uh, coming um, out of uh, Cairns. Uh, I really look forward to that. So, yeah, and the Black Caps full strength, pretty much a full strength side, including uh, Trent Bolton, Kane Williamson uh, heading towards um, that fixture. So, where are we? Where are we at? Very important games actually because um, we need to keep winning. Uh, we've won actually out of our official games and in one international cricket. We've won uh, ten out of twelve. Which means we're uh, Percentage wise We're in pretty good shape In terms of next year's uh, Cricket World Cup In terms of the seedings And the draws etc So that's important to us Um, But uh, you know uh, We've got to play Australia and Australia And for me That is always The yardstick Is to actually Where you are So look forward to that uh, Starting next Tuesday First game So yeah Okay uh, Let's get back to Business at hand Um, And who have we got On the line And what are we What are we actually Talking about Or quizzing
15: over today Logan well, hopefully we're going to be in for a big week of stunt with you while well, we've got you here. Uh for grabs today is a $50 TAB bonus bet. First on the line, we have uh, old mate Ed from Tolaga Bay.
2: Morena, Smitty. Oh, morena to you, Ed, my friend. Uh, how's, how do the All Blacks look from Tolaga Bay?
4: Oh, man. Uh, stop giving away those easy penalties. Um... Go for some gaps or something like that. I'll tell you what, though. East Coast had a win in the
2: Heartland. <laughs> <laughs> I bit, see that. We beat Canterbury. I see that. That is that's massive. Eh? That is absolutely fantastic yeah. result. Ooh. Yep. Great news. Yeah, hard to beat Great those guys news.
12: down
2: there. Hell, yeah. That's a big roadie. A big road trip. Um, I, I know yeah, that you guys yeah. love playing at home. Um, but, man, that road trip down there... That is a a decent old uh, journey you have to make So to come home with the spoils from there uh, Fantastic, Uh, what about the spoils? What do you you reckon your chances are today, Ed? What are the subjects, Logan?
15: Yeah, we'll see how you go, mate Today's topics are New Zealand basketball, golf and rugby league Which of those take your fancy there, Ed? Uh, New Zealand basketball Okay, good luck Good luck, Spitty
2: Cheers, same to you, my friend
15: Love it Alright First question for you Ed <clears throat> Who is the head coach Of the inaugural To'ihi champions The Tokom Manawa Queens Oh I just
12: said No oh, Sorry bro I've forgotten your name Your somebody
15: <laughs> No it's not Ed It's not
2: Ed And I heard the, uh, A really nice interview With her yesterday as well um, And I completely And utterly Forgot so Ed, we're both stum- both stymied here Logan, put us out of our misery
15: us, Logan, yeah, I, 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 First of all, take it away Richie One of the worst things I have ever seen
3: <laughs> done on a cricket field
15: uh, The answer I was looking for, sorry there, is Tanya Tupo Tanya Tupo, of course it was course it was All i right. heard her name yesterday
2: too yes well done too tanya well done Me too. that was upsetting the apple cart too that was
15: that was an upset a li- over the yeah weekend. a little bit man that was one heck yeah, of a final yeah. Coming with 10 too. Mm. oh oh ed you know a little bit okay here we go here we go second question oh. queens Import Valencia falencia uh was incredible uh, in the toy he season, picking up the grand final MVP honours there, and she was also the youth player of the year. Which country does Florencia play for? Argentina. Just a couple of chips down
0: Ooh. the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes.
15: Smithy, would you have had that yeah, one?
2: Yeah, I'd have got that too because yep. um, i have done a little bit of, bit of homework, going, a little bit of homework going into it. But when you only get second bite of the cherry here. Um, it's no, it's no good, particularly <laughs> if the first bite's a good one. So uh, here we go, Ed. Uh, this is it, mate, for you for 50, no pressure, no pressure, Ed, for fifty no bucks pressure. from the tab. <laughs> no, 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 don't laugh it off. I know you're sweating. I know you. It's all very well. It's a Why nervous laugh. That's that It's not a confident laugh. That's a nervous, nervous <laughs> laugh. Look at the palms. Look at what's the palms of your
14: ha-
2: <laughs> The palms of your hands. Look at the palms of your hands here, Nat. There's a little bit of sledging going on here, Ed. A little bit of sledging. Whoa Oh, what?
4: oh what?
2: you're good at that cricketer it, uh, Hey don't worry uh, Your friends and your, and your whanau listening in No pressure don't worry Don't worry about that Ed I mean no one's going to laugh at you or say anything Don't worry no pressure
15: Wow what gamesmanship Okay third question here The Tall Blacks defeated Jordan 100-72 in Auckland Last night in the Asian qualifiers For the FIBA World Cup How many games have they lost
0: Zero. Just a couple of chips down to make it right in the slot and away it goes.
15: Yeah, that's right. That was a little bit of a trick question there for the last one there. Good on you, Ed, you won.
12: Thank you very much, Logan. And somebody you, um I'll hear you I'll be listening to you over over in Aussie.
2: Yep, I look forward to it uh, coming in on Sky So look forward to bringing it to you Ed And uh, show the faith Show the faith in the All Blacks Show the faith in uh, the Black Caps, And spend that 50 bucks very wisely my friend Congratulations
4: Thank you Smitty. thank you Logan
2: Cheers, uh, Ed from Tolaga Bay Is our winner this morning And a worthy winner at that It's 11.40 here on SENZ We shall be back shortly
0: This is Mornings with Ian Smith On SENZ
2: Time for some text now, and uh, from Jim Morrison, the Director of New Zealand Over 40s and Over 50s Cricket, he uh, said he enjoyed the interview with uh, Jeremy, but he said the over 40s and 15s are huge as well, with plenty of ex-first class and international cricketers involved. Both age groups have Facebook pages where you can find out heaps more. Thanks very much for that, Jim, and uh, good luck with uh, those particular age groups as well, I know. Uh, I know there are a lot of uh, uh, former first class and international players still seriously involved in that because um, apart from the cricketing side of it, they just love the fellowship and uh, who can blame them for that? Uh, Smithy, have you checked out the odds for the rugby championship, says Brendan? Yes, I have, Brendan. Quite staggering that we're a buck forty, or it really is. Uh, Smithy Lee could probably teach us a thing or two about a- attack. Also, our attack looks like it's bloody 1987. Some of the attack plays in the NRL are absolutely brilliant, with a lot of it based around deception, block dummy runners, etc. We look like lost uh, individuals, uh, like they were just waiting for someone else to roll their sleeves up. We have a great, but we have great players, young players out there. Our front rowers have shown that if they get a shot, they are vibrant. And we'll take it. Good times, says Jared. Good times. Morning, Smithy. A few changes for me. Christy to nine. When he comes uh, on the game, speeds up big time. Barrett at 12. Uh, I assume that's Geordie uh, Barrett. They, the way he runs at the line fast and hard is what we we're missing in the midfield. Also, uh, Will Jordan to play at 15, which uh, we all know uh, how good he is at fullback. I hope we see some changes this week. Or unfortunately, I think you'll see a few diehard fans starting to lose faith. Sean, I think some have. I think some might have already. Uh, morning, Smithy. Uh, maybe we're just uh, fair weather critics, and we can't wait till next week. Uh, the IRB have changed the laws so the All Blacks can't play their fast opening running rugby. Teams allowed uh, uh, teams allowed teams to slow down the breakdown and rushing defence seventy percent offside. Backlines and breakdown players clearly need to be offside. Refs and ARs need to clean up these areas as well. We don't want big defence teams winning games and winning with the PKs. Penalty kicks. Cheers, uh, Jeff, the ref. Well, actually, Jeff, I think you are dead right there. And there are three, three adjudicators uh, in terms of offside lines these days. Both ARs uh, and uh, the referee, of course. And let's not forget, they are all wired perfectly. They know exactly what's going through uh, each other's minds, and they should not really uh, get it that wrong. Get it that wrong, or or they should be. I won't say get it that wrong, but they should be consistent throughout the 80 minutes. Offside in the first minute to me is the same as offside in the 80th minute, uh, isn't it? Oh, well, should be. Uh, Smithy, does Mertz remember when uh, Marshy got subbed off during a test and spat the dummy and walked off? Yeah, well, um, M- Marshy does. Uh, he was pretty dark about the whole thing, I can promise you that. These days, I'm not sure how he'd go, not being able to play for uh, the whole 80 minutes. Uh, Smithy, before you, the news, you said uh, Andrew Merton's a legend. Merton's is a legend, and the word legend is appropriate. we mentioning him. But what is frustrating, and to be fair, annoying, is the flippant use of the word legend. You haven't ever heard on your station with Hamish Marshall, I think it's actually James Marshall, calling Geordie Barrett a legend. Geordie is a good rugby player, but I don't believe that just because you are all in all black, you automatically are a legend. Maybe these young men have had a little too much praise for a while now I think they're a little bit better than they really are well they shouldn't man they only have to just open their eyes and look at social media or uh, maybe uh, the odd website or just the reaction uh, from the general public to know uh, they're not in that status at the moment Cole says during Tane Randall's losing streak the All Blacks uh, oh that's the one where the old man threw his chop at the TV I love that I absolutely love it uh, so it was that it was really cool uh, and uh, there's also been a side sent in um, with a view towards uh, who uh, they picked for this weekend. And uh, it goes along the lines of the group Tokiaho Lomax. Yeah, I've got that. Uh, Scott Barrett at captain, Vay, Frizzell, Papalii, Satutu. Wasn't you that sent it in, Ken? Was it? Probably wasn't. Um, Christy was uh, in there as well, Piritheta, uh, Ioani. Geordie Barrett, Sevu Reese, Will Jordan. So uh, they have, um, uh, it's almost like uh, what is regarded as, as a baby blacks for this weekend. Hey, look, uh, I think that there certainly should be uh, some some real changes, some real changes. Um, incidentally, uh, let's just uh, catch up. We've got a, a couple of minutes now. Um, then we've got to go for a break and get Staffy on very quickly. But Michael Checker was uh, on the run home last night. And uh, he was uh, asking certain questions from Kirsty and B It was fascinating.
15: How much, as far as David Kittle just come in, because I certainly didn't know he had much of a background in rugby, as far as the defence, is it very much he just fully in control with a bit of subtleties of the rugby game from you, or has he got a bit more of rugby knowledge than we, uh, we anticipated?
10: Uh, no, he, he came with relatively fresh eyes, you know, which is what I yep. what I really wanted. I wanted someone who would look at it very differently and 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 simply, you know what I mean? Like around <laughs> what are the basics and what's the order? What's the order? Because it it's a simple thing, the, the defense. There's, there is some nuances of rugby, and we've talked about that um, a lot and worked together a lot, and he's doing a lot of um, that prep work as well. So he's sort of doing a bit of on-the-job training with that stuff, but when it comes to... You, and he's picking it up very quickly, and he's pretty much driving all of that now. And when it comes to getting off the line and pressuring the opposition and the tackle, well, he doesn't need any help there. So yeah. he, he he's got plenty of experience in doing it himself, and then obviously coaching it too. And also as a person, he's he's a really brilliant fella. So he's he's gelled like um, you know as, as a as a as a friend and as a. Uh, a, a, you know, a good teammate of the players as well. They really enjoy his company, so that, that's really important when you're, you're travelling with a, a team around the world and you're spending heaps of time together.
9: Michael, final question. Um, during
10: the match coverage, both pre-match, uh, half-time, we could see you speaking to the team. Do you speak Spanish or are you speaking English to the players? <laughs> what, what's it like in there? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm trying to speak Spanish, so I'm not going to say I'm speaking it perfectly, or Cartagena, <laughs> as we like to say, the Argentinians, you know how it is. But uh, well, I, speak, uh, I speak French and Italian, so I've got a bit of a mix going on there between that. And then whenever I really need to bail out, I just speak in English. And it, it, it's actually, like, I'm feeling comfortable enough with it, but it's interesting because it's actually t- proven to be a really nice uh, tool to use to grow a bit of team because... When I, am, when I do speak English at different times, we just sort of do live translation. They get in small groups with guys that can translate or the coaches who might be able to translate, and and, and we sort of just do it on the run, and um, I'm conscious of, you know, communication is a huge tool um, in coaching, so you've got to make sure that message is right, and and I'm also, you know, it's like getting free Spanish lessons, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm, I'm learning another language on the job myself, which is pretty nice. So um, I, I, I like to try, and I'm sure that I think I'm better than I actually am, um, but they'll tell me one day later on, <laughs> I'm sure of it.